Grapevine podcast. My name is Eric Niewarowski. I'm happy to be taking the reins over this week. Uh, I'm joined by our head of content, Kieran Howells. Kieran, how are you today? Hey, Eric. Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Kieran, this week, I'd like to talk about the right to switch off, really what it means, kind of the origins of it, if there's this sort of legislation here in the UK that uh, this sort of thing can be implemented. So the right to switch off, can you kind of just give me some background on, on, on what this is? Yeah, thanks, Eric. So I guess the overall idea is that people are pushed very hard with the state of work, the ambiguous state of work in 2022. And like after two uh, interesting years for the development of work structures, many have now concluded that the the need is there for legislation to make sure that people have very clear lines between their work and home life. Right. So th- there's some good context here that I can give. So I think first and foremost, it makes a massive difference that people are going to uh, be working from home, you know, for the probably the majority of their time, a lot of people from now on. In fact, one in five organisations plan to bring people back to the office for five days a week. And that's down from one in three before 2021, according to YouGov. So a lot of people are going to be working from home. Um, We know as well that people are doing more hours than they've ever done before. In fact, the ONS said says that we, we do about six hours of unpaid overtime on average per week uh, right. compared to just compared to just three hours for those who don't work from home. You can see that this is a real problem. Yeah, yeah, interesting. You know, and, and Kieran, funnily enough, I noticed last week you had signed off a little bit later than everyone else, about seven o'clock. Is that something that you do? Often, I know from my own experience, I try really, really hard to, you know, cut it off by five or six at night, especially having a young family. The work-life balance certainly is important to me, but sometimes I do acknowledge that, you know, we need to work a bit extra, just like you need to parent a bit extra. Um, So is that something like, like how often are you putting in that six hours a week of overtime every week, you think, or where are you at? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that I do have a bit of a problem with defining the the lines between work and home time. Uh, I do work from home as as everyone in the company does most of the time, pretty much full time. And as a result, I have found that those clear defining boundaries, which was usually, you know, hopping on a bus or hopping in the car home, right. um, aren't there anymore. So yes, it's very it's very easy for me to slip into working much longer hours to try and get stuff done and I, and I must say that you know that's not something that I think our company advocates it's something that's just very easy to slip into right yeah totally and, and I think it's it's also a very inherent thing with us that you know we want to work hard we want to be productive and successful you know that's just part of who we are and I really like how you mentioned the commute uh, that's something I really really have taken for granted my commute used to be a train or a tube or a bus to the office. And that was a great way for me to process the morning, get ready for the day. And then the commute home while crowded and sweaty at times and loud, it still served as a great decompression. Now 
my commute is all of maybe eight feet from uh, my bedroom to my home office. Yeah, exactly, um, yeah. yeah, so I think that's uh, it, it's, it's, it's some interesting points. And, you know, the CIPD warned way back, even in 2017, that a third of UK workers felt they could not switch off their personal time while working remotely. Now, this was, you know, 2017, three years before the pandemic kind of reared its head and, and, and took over all of our lives. So I think it's safe to say the conclusion is that workers are struggling to switch off. So my question to you, is the right to switch off the proper solution? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting question because on the face of it, it would seem like that's a very obvious solution. However, when we dig into it a little bit, there are people who are fighting both sides here. So mm-hmm. actually quite a few countries have implemented it, at least in, in, in certain professions. So, for example, Portugal um, have a right to switch off and Belgium very, very recently, um, in fact, on the 1st of February, made all 65,000 government civil servants in the country gave them the right to to basically legally not be contacted outside of working hours. And that law actually stipulates that workers shouldn't be also disadvantaged by not answering the phone or picking up emails out of hours. Now, I think that's really important because everyone is welcome to do nine to five, but it's the fear of getting behind everyone else and being disadvantaged, mm-hmm. which I think compels a lot of people. So, so yeah, there's, there's a good case for lots of countries are trying it out. However, some people don't agree with it. So, for example, mm-hmm. there's Eric Lores of VOCA, the uh, Flemish Network for Enterprises, which is obviously just a workplace advocacy group. He believes that actually doing this will undo the progress seen during the pandemic towards more flexible working if it's also rolled out to private companies. Um, He said that it would be a major sign of distrust towards the ability of employers to organize work. Mm -hmm. So isn't that interesting that there's there's two very strong sides here? Yeah, Kieran, the world of work has changed so rapidly. And I just kind of like to think of it as more of like a old school versus the new school, right? Where, of of, of course, you're going to have these old business leaders saying, you know, well, back in my day, I answered the phone all of the time, but times have changed so rapidly. And I think one of the the silver linings throughout this pandemic has been recognizing the well-being of employees. And that goes for retail workers or office staff or frontline workers. The the well-being of an employee has a direct impact on the success of the business, you know? So it's, it's, it's interesting that there would be a little pushback for it. It seems like this right to work, you know, is starting off as a trend more in the civil service, government jobs. Do you think this sort of right to switch off concept is applicable to private business? And if so, how should HR go about implementing it? Yeah, so I think conceptually, there's absolutely no reason why it can't be effective for private companies. However, the thing that I think that HR should really uh, be considering here is that we, as you say, Eric, a lot has changed recently. And working hours aren't the standard nine to five for a lot of people. So the problem that you may face is 
say someone finishes two hours early in the working day and then works later into the evening to be able to go and pick up their children or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, How does this kind of blanket, you know, right to switch off concept work for those people? How how are you going to implement it so that it works for non-traditional working structures? Because a lot of people now do those. And to be completely honest with you, Eric, I don't know that I've got an answer for that. So whereas I do, I do agree with the concept of yeah. not not um, emailing people outside of working hours and that kind of thing. I think it's very hard to blanket implement. Yeah, and you know, I'm certainly thinking about my own situation, uh, having uh, you know having kids, and um, especially what was it, lockdown 2.0. So one year ago at this time, trying to uh, homeschool a inquisitive primary student while working was certainly difficult. So I did take up on the flexible time options that that were given to me, and I'm eternally grateful for that. However, I do think this whole right to uh, switch off, it doesn't seem like it's really an enforceable sort of mandate, right? It's almost sort of like, uh, you know, if, if, it, if, if this would make sense, work on the honor system, right? And I nice. certainly would not email you or other of our, you know, other colleagues of ours post five o'clock, unless there was an absolute reason for it. And luckily enough, I feel that we're in the spot where our colleagues agree with us, right? So, but certainly the grass is greener over here on our side. And a lot of, you know, especially in that small business world, that startup world, a lot of times it's, it's the work hard mentality 24 seven. And I just don't think that really can hold up to have a solid workplace culture. You know what I mean? Yeah. So let, let me put this to you then as someone who has some experience with flex working, mm-hmm. um, but also uh, I think believes in the right to kind of switch off outside of the working day. Yeah. If your company put to you two options there, one, the expectation that you may not be online at the same time as other people that you know work's got to fit around your life or the other that you work a standard nine to five but that there were really stringent rules in place that no one could email you outside of that time it's your time which do you think you would choose wow you've really put me on the spot here uh, (laughs) but i was hosting this week (laughs) Um, yeah i think i would take the first one with the flexible time but also knowing that I would not bother colleagues um, just because I need to work, you know, into the evening doesn't mean everyone else needs to. So I would be really, really cognizant of making sure that all of my ducks are in a row, so to speak. Does that make sense? You know, uh, yeah, everything yeah. is set up for me to work into the evening where then instead of having a recap at the end of the night, we can just do it in the morning when we're all back online at the same time. Because again, also, I just wouldn't answer those emails. You know, also, I have the uh, opportunity and uh, availability to maybe read that email, but ignore it until the next day. So I, I, I think it's, like I said, it's, it's kind of all based on the honor system. But I, I certainly appreciate the idea of a flexible working schedule as opposed to a right to switch off. Yeah. So I think maybe the answer here, the the conclusion that we've come to is that maybe in a traditional sense, 
this kind of stringent, you know, nine to five right to switch off concept doesn't really fit anymore. And instead, what HR perhaps should be doing is really, really enforcing. And this means at all levels, including C-suite, the idea that work your hours and don't expect anyone else to, you know, to, to be online at nine in the evening just because that works for you. Right. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I think that is a a very fair and cogent conclusion, Kieran. And I think we have solved the issue, right? Let's everyone uh, just do that. Then. <laughs> yeah, uh, we can put that to bed. <laughs> exactly. On to the next issue. Kieran, thanks so much for joining me today. I really appreciate your insights as always. Uh, thank you, Eric. Yeah, it's been great to chat. Yeah, and thanks to everyone for listening. The February edition of the Mike Grapevine magazine is now available, and we have HR insights uh, from huge brands this month, like Greg's, William Hill, OpenReach, and Iris. And that is available at hrgrapevine.com. Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you next week.